The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. CSPN and the WrestleCast present to you Cast of Strong Style with your hosts JPK Moto and Don DeLorente. Hello. And welcome to episode 16 of Cast of Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. And for this episode, I'm joined by a very special guest host, none other than Anwar Starwin. What's going on, Anwar? Hello, Don. Thank you for inviting me into your home. <laughs> Man, Not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> figuratively, but I definitely appreciate it. Uh, I think next to myself, Moto, and the chairman, Mr. Jamal, you're probably like the first person to listen to the actual inaugural episode of Castle Strong Style. I know you're the first person to follow the Twitter account and give us feedback. So we definitely appreciate you being, you know, in on the ground floor when it comes to this podcast. OG status. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Moto Omega couldn't join us for this episode. So shout out to her. Um, I know we tried to get you on last year for the uh, G1 USA shows. And just didn't quite work out. And uh, she was very disappointed. So, unfortunately, she can't make it. But I know she's here in spirit. So, shout out to Moto. Shout out, Moto. You're lucky you weren't here. I'll give you that work for your team losing that Super Bowl. <laughs> Cast a Strong Style is a CSPN production. You can find us on the web at www.cspn.us. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. You can follow Anwar on Twitter at Anwar Starwin. You can follow me on Twitter at Don DeLorente, and you can follow the show at Cast Strong Style. So we're going to get into some New Japan talk as we got the new the new beginning cards and the 46th anniversary to talk about. Since we last left everybody, it was just after the uh, New Year's Dash, uh, you know, uh, cards and. You know, all the new programs and all the new feuds and future feuds were being set up for New Japan. So, of course, now after you have the New Year's Dash, you must have a new beginning. So we start off with Bad Luck Fale, Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa versus Makabe, Hanare and Taguchi in the never open weight six man title match. Tama Tonga hits the flapjack on Hanare, scoring a good near fall. Tonga then locks on a twister submission and, to, and Hanare has to tap. So Bullet Club OGs, the Tongan squad, hangs on to their never open weight six man titles. What do you feel about Bad Luck Fale, Tamatanga, and Loa as the six man champions? I like how that keeps them to the sidelines while all the craziness is going on. Well, we're not at that point of what happened, but all the craziness is going on within Bullet Club. They're just on the sidelines, just waiting to see how things play out. I, I kind of like that they're just like in their own pocket universe. Right, right. Yeah, they've been holding it down, you know, especially Fale. He's the, you know, longest reigning member now in the, in the, uh, what was the original Bullet Club. So, you know, yeah, I like this as well. You know, they get to stick together and, you know, build their little clique, just kind of like the elite has their little clique inside the Bullet Club as well. So that's pretty cool. With the Tongans, I would like to hang out with them. I got love for the elite, but like, I just like, I watched the, the, the Tongans videos and it just seemed like they're just chilling and have fun. And the other, I don't know what's up with those elite guys. That's, that's probably what's saying. <laughs> uh, 
another major match was Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Jay White and Rapungi 3K. Nick Jackson locks in the sharpshooter on show as Matt and Kenny hold the others off. Jay White makes the save until Matt hits a spear. Rapungi 3K take take Matt out with knee strikes. Omega then hits a V-trigger, cutting off Yo. A V-trigger to show follows, and Kenny looks for the one-winged angel, but Jay White makes the save. Jay White is taken out, and Yo comes in, but he eats super kicks, and then an indie taker, and the elite are victorious. Post-match, Jay White lays out Kenny Omega with the Blade Runner. So this was a good tease leading up to uh, Kenny Omega and Jay White wrestling each other for the IWGP US title. Plus, it was like also a set of tensions that would arise later on, too, because Kenny got mad. It was like, where were you guys at? Right. right. We had the ace, Tanahashi, defending his IWGP Intercontinental title against Moto's favorite, Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki lays in strikes and looks for the Gots Pile Driver, and he hits it. But Suzuki doesn't cover Tanahashi. Suzuki instead goes for the submission. Suzuki is trying to rip Tanahashi's leg off. Tanahashi keeps fighting. Red Shoes keeps checking on him as Suzuki drags him back to the center of the ring and the torture continues. Tanahashi begs Red Shoes not to stop it. Tanahashi fights, but Red Shoes calls for the bell to save Tanahashi's leg. And Minoru Suzuki is your new IWGP Intercontinental Champion. This was hard to watch at the end. Suzuki, like, he's been... Amazing since the dome. It's like he he just like he realized that his never championship run was not up to snuff of, of expectations from fans. He's just been like the best wrestlers in the world thus far this year. It's very shocking to watch. It's been very cool to watch. I've actually really enjoyed Minoru Suzuki even more than normal. I mean, just besides beating up the young boys, which is my comedy. Uh, when he uh, <laughs> when he wrestles, but yeah, just ever since he had that match with Okada, man, he, he's he's turned it up to a different level. I really want those young lions to just one day just jump him. Yeah, they all as strong and great he is. You can't be five on one. It's like <laughs> like that old song said, one versus five, one versus five equals you got 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 to me. Whatever you know, you're the most. Um, so we come back with the new beginnings from Sapporo where Hanare and Michael Elgin were facing Minoru Suzuki and Azuka. Hanare hits Suzuki with a Samoan drop for a two count. Suzuki fires up, locks on the sleeper, and follows with strikes and locks on the knee bar, and Hanare taps. After the match, Azuka drags Elgin away as Suzuki Suzuki gun attacks Hanare. Makabe makes the save, and Suzuki backs off, likely setting up an IC title match between Makabe and Minoru Suzuki. He was like, I like like Suzuki was really like, you have the audacity to try to challenge me, you McCarvey, Mister TV. Ah, uh, you can't get no title shot, bro. <laughs> yeah, he was very dismissive. <laughs> it was, it was good. It was good. We had the Young Bucks versus Rapungi 3K for the IWGP Junior Tag Team Titles. Nick Jackson takes out Show on the floor as Matt struggles to keep the sharpshooter on, but Yo makes the ropes. Nick flies in and hits the swanton. Matt keeps on the sharpshooter, but his back finally gives out. Yo counters the sharpshooter into a roll-up, and we have new junior tag team champions as Rapungi 3K reclaim the titles. 
This was one of the. Was, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say this is one of the best young buck matches I've ever seen. The great story. Uh, you know, both guys basically had you know bad backs, and you know they were you know playing off of off of the last the original title match that they had. It, it was just it was just one of the best young buck matches ever. If anybody would say the young bucks are just hot spot artists, they don't tell stories. I would have them watch this match. I exactly agree with you on it because they they just showed that they could do a lot more than flippy stuff. They have more substance in them. I think someone referenced it as being very similar to Memphis style wrestling or something of that nature. It just had a real strong psychology. And even in future matches, you would see like on one country, Matt selling his back and one of Rupungi 3K selling their back. And I was just laughing at it because they're showing the effects of their matches with each other, like on different continents. Yeah. Yeah, man, this was really good. I really enjoyed the hell out of that match. The Young Bucks have, from the very first time I saw them, when they were just the flippy guys to me, um, until now, man, they have really come a long way. And uh, I I just really like what they're doing right now with the way that they're setting up these matches and, um, you know, the stories that they're telling. I like, um, the first time I saw the Young Bucks, it might have been on TV. I think it was Dragon Gate USA. And then eventually I went to Philly and saw them live, and I was like, wow, these guys are amazing. And as good as they were back then, they are way better now. It's really crazy. Right, right. They're a lot smarter. I mean, they still do a lot of the flippy stuff, but, you know, they are really smart with it now. And they and they use it in a very economical fashion as compared to maybe three years ago when I first started watching them. And it was like, you know just about every other thing they did was something flippy. Now that's cool. And it blew my mind, you know, <laughs> it's like, Oh my gosh, these guys are ridiculous, but you know, yeah. they've really evolved and, and gotten into their, you know, true storytelling. So kudos sure, to those sure. guys. And then the main event on that card was Kenny Omega defending his IWGP us heavyweight title against Jay white. Jay white looks <laughs> for the blade runner, but Kenny Omega escapes and hits a V trigger. Jay white hits the blade runner for a two count. White goes for the Blade Runner again, but Omega hits reverse Hurricane Rana. Omega hits the V-Trigger, but the One-Wing Angel is countered into the Blade Runner, and Jay White wins the IWGP United States title. I kind of think they were forced in a position where they had to do something with Jay because he didn't hit that mark with Tanahashi in the dome. I personally liked the match, but I got got to why people didn't really react to it. Like it he didn't have the, the goodwill built up from being within the company. Yeah, he was a young man, but right. he, they just, it's just the street just going top, going after Tanahashi, the guy who saved the company. <laughs> it's going, people are going to have problems kind of just going along with that, but like putting him in chaos and then putting him against Kenny and helping him get this mojo going, and he seems to be on the right path since this match. So, Jay White, he caused all type of trouble, Mr. Instigator, but I like that guy. Yeah, he's introducing some new things as talking about, you know, eventually that he wants to face Okada, you know, some inter interfaction, you know, um, you know, uh, challenges, uh, which is usually not the way it goes. You know, kind of if the champions in your stable, then the champions, you know, he's your guy. And, 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 you know, we've got some other titles that we can go after, but Jay White doesn't feel that way. So, you know, definitely uh, look forward to what he's got going on later on this year. So after the match, Adam Page arrives and he looks to be White's first opponent. Kenny Omega backs Adam Page off and takes the title and presents it to Jay White before leaving. 
Cody arrives and tells Omega that he lost and this isn't about him. Marty Skrull arrives as Cody and Omega begin to argue. Cody says Omega isn't acting like a leader. Matt Jackson arrives and tries to hold Omega back, but Omega inadvertently, or maybe on purpose, shoves him down. The Young Bucks bail on Omega and they head to the back. Marty tells Omega and Cody to short, to short this shit out. Paige <laughs> and Omega make nice and Omega and Cody talk. Then Cody attacks and lays out Omega with the sick looking crossroads and Marty and Paige return and Marty is confused by all of this. Cody gets a chair, Paige hoes Omega, but Kota Abushi makes the save. He runs off the rest of the Bullet Club. Abushi then offers his hand to Omega, but Omega shakes his head no because brothers got a hug, man. That, for me, I know a lot of people are Bullet Club fans and I am too, but... One of the like, as far as modernly speaking, when I got more back into Japanese wrestling, it was through the Golden Lovers in that relationship and those friends. I didn't know all the the machinations of the storyline, but I know when I would watch Omega and Bushi wrestle together, it was great stuff. And it was usually against Apollo Fifty Five. So like going to like going to Japan and look for those matches cause it should be on there. But yeah, it's, it was a great moment. It's like sometimes wrestling can be beautiful. And that was one of those moments. But even going back, if you looked at like Kenny's reaction to that and how like like the when he when he blocked Adam Page from trying to get a title defense, I if you go back to when Omega lost against Okada at Dominion and Cody just came after Omega came after Okada after the fact trying to take advantage of the work that. Omega, and if you really think about Fale put in beating up him to try to sneak in and get the title, it, it's just that long-form storytelling that New Japan does. It pays off when you really pay attention because just me talking to you and you replaying Max made me think about that. So props to Gato for his booking on that. Yeah, man. Uh, they really do a great job of making the story simple to get into but the seed has been planted maybe three months ago before the challenge actually gets made. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we, we were talking before show about those, all those tag team matches, but you got to watch them because sometimes at the end of one or two of them, you get, you know, your next story that's going to happen for the next couple of months. So it, it's, it's some stuff with chaos. So I'm, I kind of noticed when I went looking through some of like that, those ROA shows, I kind of noticed. Right. All right. Um, we did have one really fun match on the fifth leading up to the major on our rising shows. So basically what they do is they have like these little bitty shows, these smaller shows, kind of like what would be the Raws and the Smackdowns. And then they have the two big shows. So we had a really fun elimination match between LIJ and Chaos. And basically oh, yeah. uh, LIJ won evil throughout uh, hit everything is evil on Yoshihashi to win, but, uh, just a, a really fun match. Um, just kind of, you know, setting these two factions up against each other. Um, and I tell you, man, Will Ospreay has really taken advantage of these, uh, these opportunities to be in there with Okada and be beside him and these, you know, higher profile opportunities he's gotten. He's really shining in a lot of these, you know, tag team matches. Osprey is amazing. He's very much deserving of getting the recent top high flyer award from an observer. He's, he's 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 it's fun to watch him grow. 
it's just sad I'm not going to get to see him versus Ricochet anymore. <laughs> well, at least for a year or two. Yeah, or a few, because I don't know if Rick, if uh, uh, Will Ospreay is a, a WWE-type guy yet. He might be a WWE-type guy when he's ready to slow down and change his yeah, style yeah. up. But, <laughs> but right now, while his body's still feeling fresh, <laughs> I don't think I worry about him because I see him with those suction cups on his back. I'm like, dang, Will, you're only like 24 and you got to have the suction cups already? Right. But then we got to think about that in other countries – these kids start really young wrestling, so you might think of them as young, but they've been wrestling for a decade. Like, look at Tyler Bates and Pete Dunn. Them, they're wrestling for a long time, and they're they're really young. So Yeah, just like Paige. You know, Paige is relatively young, but she started wrestling when she was like 13. Yeah, that's... And then we also go back to Ray Mysterio. He started like when he was 14, so yeah, it's crazy. Right, right. We had a IWGP tag team title match as the newly crowned champions from uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Evil and Sonata defended against Okada and Goto. Sonata goes for the skull in, but it's countered by Okada. Sonata then hits a Rainmaker, and Evil and Sonata hit the Magic Killer on Goto, and then everything is evil, and they get to win to retain the tag team titles. Um, so this is all kind of leading up to Sonata and Okada are going to have this uh, world Championship match, and this is kind of one of the little machination devices that New Japan uses to kind of build up the interactions and give you a little bit of a taste, but not too much between sure, the two sure, guys. Sure. So, yeah, this was a really fun tag team match. It shows the possibility of what you could do. Usually, I don't like when people just put teams together, but those like Goto and um Okada are in the same faction, so that works if you could just go down and wrestle tag division or. Just wrestle for different title belts. Just, that's the thing with like Okada. I love the dude. He's great. He's, he's special. But I like to see him in different spots. He doesn't oh, he doesn't always have to be the top guy. He'll still be the top guy if that makes any sense. Right, right, right. Yeah, he can, you know, do like like this recent run, he's been doing a lot of tag team in the New Japan Cup, you know, since he's not a part of the Cup. You know, he's been doing sure. a lot of tag team matches and, and just, you know, middle of the card type stuff where you get mm-hmm. to see him have a little bit more freedom to, you know, do a little bit less, but still accomplish the same things because he's so over. Really putting over that camel clutch. I mean, that that that, that sleeper hole lately. Right. Huh. Right. Giving us hints. They were giving us hints. <laughs> right. Right. Um, we had the actual news beginning card in Osaka. One of the major angles that came out of this was we had Michael Elgin, Makabe, Kushida, and Taguchi versus uh, Suzuki Gun, which consisted of Suzuki, Asazuka, Taichi, and Takamisunoku. Taichi, my favorite, everybody's favorite, should be everybody's favorite. Mm. Don't think so? Mm. We'll I'm, see. I'm going to convince Yumamoto somehow, somewhere. He's moved up to heavyweight now, so he's going to be in more high profile stuff. So, you know, maybe it'll grow on you. Oh, we'll touch on that eventually. <laughs> Suzuki locks on the sleeper and it breaks down. Suzuki gun runs wild on Makabe and Azuka chokes out Makabe with the rope. Elgin then cuts off Azuka before he could use the iron fingers. Makabe takes out Taka and then stares down Suzuki as the King Kong knee drop finishes Taka Mutinoku. After the match, Makabe again challenges Suzuki for the IC title. Suzuki <laughs> accepted the challenge this time and then beat down poor Oka on his way out. I need to get on whatever workout plan Oka's been on, man, because he's totally yeah. changed his whole look up. Lean him and Shota, like Shota, like look different. Like Amino's killing it right now. 
Yeah, I mean, man. I, I, I miss Kawado. Kawado. Yeah, that's my, that's my man. Chop is killing it. Yeah, Shota has kind of taken his spot for me too, man. I see, see, that's why that's why I dig. I can get down with you. I can talk this stuff with you, man. We we see a lot of the same things. Yeah, man. You got to look at the young heads. The young heads going to be the people main event in three, four, five years from now. Right, right. We get a video, and Rey Mysterio Jr. shows up on the video. He says he's coming to New Japan, and he's going to challenge the legend Jushin Thunder Thunder Liger for the U.S. show. Strong Style Evolve on March 25th. Oh my God, I lost my mind when I saw that because that's one of the matches I wanted to see one more time before I expired. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up both those guys, like those guys. So when I think of juniors or like just like junior heavyweights, I think of Liger, I think of Ray, I think of Malenko as well, other people like Jericho mm-hmm. who tra- transcended that. And the, the, that one guy we can't talk about anymore because he depresses everybody. So let's not right. talk about him. Right. Yeah. The, uh, along with like psychosis and probably, um, I always thought Jerry Lynn was uh, underrepresented when it came to just groundbreaking type of junior guy. But yeah, man, yeah. those handful of guys definitely made it possible for a lot of the guys you see today, the Seth Rollins and Sami Zayn, and for that fact, Kevin Owens, the styles that they're able to wrestle today. We can't forget about Eddie, especially because oh, yeah, for sure, Eddie Guerrero. He was able to do to transcend from. He's a man. He Eddie's special. So right, right. So um, uh, um, an update though. Ray Mysterio, you know, he's got those bad knees, so it is a little bit of a question if he's going to be able to go. But um, hopefully, you know, he'll he'll you know find some type of magic potion and, and he'll be able to get through it but yeah you know he's um spray <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that match does go off um it'll definitely be uh fun for everybody in attendance and that show is going to be in long beach in america again their second um you know show in the united states so moving it up from july to march this year because i guess the interest and in, in everything was just so great so yeah, i'm looking forward to that for sure yep we had an interesting angle after the Naito versus Yoshihashi match where Naito got the win after two Destinos. When uh, Naito was celebrating and going back up the ramp, he got attacked from behind from Taichi. And so- yeah, that, that that threw me off. But it was a backstory to that that I didn't know about. But I was like, why did he just beat the hell out of Naito like that? Yeah, yeah. It just kind of continues to kind of L.I.J. Uh, Chaos, L.I.J. Ingobernables type, you know, in faction fighting that we've had going on here in the past couple of weeks. So, you know, just another chapter. And it symbolizes, um, you know, a matchup, a future matchup to come that, you know, brings Taichi out of the juniors into the big boy leagues. Speaking- yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I wish that Suguchi would have offer to move up to heavyweight. <laughs> He's like he's just like I'm gonna get my money and chill out and do weird stuff and I got love for him because there's room for that. But I would love to see love when he just 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 starts to just wrestle really good because he when he go when he's when he's on he's really fun to watch. When I first got into New Japan, he was the junior champion, and uh, it was him getting ready to set up that program between him and Kenny. And yeah, he was real serious, and uh, yeah, he could really go so. Yeah, he was definitely one of my favorites that I definitely uh, got into, 
you know, when I first started watching it, just because, you know, him and Kenny had some really good matches back and forth. So, yeah. Apollo 55, too. Him, him yeah. and Fergal. So, Will Ospreay versus the ticking time bomb, Takahashi. Shout out to Moto. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> she kills it. <laughs> For the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Osprey hits a dragon suplex, then Takahashi hits the German. Osprey hits a Spanish fly, then Osprey drapes Takahashi over the ropes and hits a shooting star press. Osprey hits the dynamite plunger, but Takahashi kicks out. Osprey hits the back elbow, and the Oz cutter follows, and Will Osprey gets the pin and retains the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Hiromo is so over that he doesn't even need that title. He'll get it back eventually because he's going to be the ace of that division. It feels like that. But with how special he is, you can move him between, like, junior tag division, open weight, if they were actually to do more open weights. Like, you do the open weight tag matches. You can even compete in the open weight, like, singles, never title, or if they were ever to really go that far with juniors. I'm hoping for Kushida to get in there to, like, maybe just – Get get that never open weight championship and just make it his or something. But I mean, it's it's a lot of possibilities with Roma. Roma's special. Yeah, yeah, Kashida as well. I'm glad you brought him up. He's definitely a guy who's um you know kind of done everything he can do in the junior division, and it's about time for him to maybe try to get into the heavyweight mix and like you said, get one of the lower belts, some of the never belts or tag team never belts or even the IC title run. I th- I could believe him as the IC champ. Yeah, he's he's he's. He's got technical skills. He got the high flying. Kushida is very special. People don't sleep on him. Right, right. Speaking of the never open weight championship, we had a Goto versus Evil. Evil fights back with Hilariot and Darkness falls and he gets a two count. Goto counters everything is evil, but Evil hits a German and Hilariot and gets another two count. Goto cuts off Evil with a headbutt and the draping GTR connects for a two count. Evil counters, but Goto hits another GTR, and Goto retains his never open weight title. This match, man, um, these are two of my favorite guys in that company, and I've enjoyed watching Evil get better. But something was off with the energy in that match. It just didn't work for me. It just felt like, don't you know how we watch WWE in its peak and valleys? Mm-hmm. It just felt like a peak and valley match between matches, and that was weird for New Japan because New Japan are usually just hit you with those last couple matches and just it keeps that like it keeps building momentum mm-hmm. so i know they could do better it's just it just it wasn't clicking for me that night with that match all right yeah it, it just seemed like they just maybe their chemistry wasn't the best that they've had i mean we've seen them in tag team matches and all these other matches have you know pretty good exchanges but yeah they just couldn't get it built up enough in in, in this particular match uh, the main event on this card was the aforementioned okada versus sonata IWGP heavyweight title match. Sonata counters the Rainmaker into the skull end with the body scissors as well. Okada starts to fade, so Sonata releases it and hits the moonsault for a near fall. Sonata sells the knee on the landing, and the second moonsault catches Okada's knees. We get a Rainmaker by Okada, and both men are down. Okada gets to his feet and hits another Rainmaker. Sonata counters a third Rainmaker, but Okada hits a German and then a jumping tombstone. Okada connects with a third Rainmaker to get the win and retain the IWGP heavyweight title. Okada said post-match that he wants to compete in the New Japan Cup and he will face Will Ospreay at the anniversary show. That match, like, Sonata is a really uniquely talented dude and I'm a fan of him, but sometimes 
he, he's like he's kind of asleep at the wheel, or you're wondering he's holding back because he could give you more. And this match was just an example of him showing his talent when things are clicking. It's that's one of my favorite matches this year thus far. It's just th- th- it shows you why Muto thought so highly of him, and why like I guess in the sense that if you really think about it, Tanahashi is like his older brother in a wrestling sense because they're both trained by Muto. So the person he not only has those two people to have to like surpass. Because it's like, with each generation, you have to try to surpass it. It's going to be hard to surpass Tanahashi, let alone Mudo. But, like, he has talent base. He has a look. He's special. But it's just, I sometimes we don't get the things. Like, I was looking at the G1 run, and I thought maybe he could he could have been. I was expecting to break out, like, performances from him. And I got really good matches. But I was surprised, more surprised by the work that he will put in. But he's he's closed that gap again, and it's 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 great to see him max out because he he's really talented. Sonata's one of these guys that he's so good and so talented that almost everything he does is like he's on seventy <laughs> percent. Yeah. And so when you do get a match like this where he turns it up, and it looks like maybe he's he still only turns it up to like eighty five or ninety, like he still looks like he has some more to go. But when you see him face somebody of this caliber who can get him to turn it up, yeah, you really are like, man, everything they had planned for Shibata should go to him. But only if he can show that level consistently. He could, like, even if you don't put him at, like, main event championship, yet he could be that guy in that number two spot and headlining shows for you when you don't want to have Okada headlining in a singles match. He could, he could be that guy someday. Right. Yeah, this was a, a definitely a breakout uh, performance for him. So, you know, good for Sonata. And, you know, Okada, the train keeps rolling on, man. I mean, what more can you say? Um, <laughs> he goes to the well. Hold on the level. Yeah, man. He goes to the well. He's getting taken into deep waters, but he comes out and survives every time. So, and, you know, at some point, you got to respect it, even if it may be, quote unquote, predictable. The, the 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 story of how we get there is so great. It almost makes you forget that, oh, man, he's defended the title like 12 times in a row. Yeah, it's like even if you know the ending of something, it's executed really good. You can't really hate on it. But it's just, yeah, he's I like how he adapts to his opponents, too. His matches are not the same things. That's that's what makes him special, too, because it's like he, get, he have different matches with a lot of different people. It's just it's not the same thing. Right, right. This is Cast a Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. I'm here with my special guest, guest slash co-host for this episode, Anwar Starwin. You can follow us on Twitter at Don DeLorente. You can follow Anwar at Anwar Starwin. And you can follow the show at Cast Strong Style. So, Anwar, we got into the joint venture between New Japan and Ring of Honor, known as Honor Rising. We had a two-night card. So the standout match on night one was the never-open-weight title match between Goto and the Beer City Bruiser. The Beer City Bruiser counters the GTR into a side slam for two. The Beer City Bruiser heads up to the top but misses a frog splash. They trade clotheslines, and the Beer City Bruiser turns Goto inside out. Goto hit the headbutt and then the GTR, and Goto retained the never-open-weight title. It's crazy to watch Goto wrestle these mid-card underguard guys from ROH 
and just absolutely kill it. <laughs> it's just he did it last year with Punishment Martinez. He did it this year with the City Bruiser. It's just sometimes Godo can just be really amazing. Other times, not so much. <laughs> just like highlight from that night to me also is what they did with Flip Gordon. I was just about to talk about it. Go ahead. We had the ticking time bomb, Takahashi, Kushida, and Flip Gordon in a three-way. Flip fights off the Back to the Future, but Takahashi hits the German on Flip. Takahashi hits the Blu-ray on Flip, but Flip hits the springboard stunner. Flip and Kushida work up to the top rope, and Flip knocks Kushida to the floor. The 450 connects, and Flip Gordon pins pins Kushida, excuse me, to get the win. So, again, like I said... yeah, that is how you that's how you introduce someone new to your promotion. Like someone you see something in that you can use further going down the line. Right. This I I know who Flip Gordon is from being watching being elite, but I've never really watched his matches. No disrespect. It's just like that that's the type of match you can like do things with. Like after watching that match, I was like, I wanna see more of this guy in New Japan. I don't only that. I wanna see this guy in the best of super juniors. If he's not in the best of Super Juniors, I would be disappointed. Yeah, they definitely made him. And, and he actually hit that on Takahashi. Excuse me. He knocked Kushida off the uh, turnbuckle to the floor and then hit the 450 on Takahashi to get the win. But, yeah, man, he definitely made a huge impact. First night in, um, he was going move for move with, as we were talking about, two of the best, not just juniors, but all-around wrestlers in New Japan, and he was right there step for step with him, and he got the win. So, again, you know, Ghetto with another brilliant piece of booking, you know, sees something in the kid, let's give him a win, let's establish him, and got the fans behind him on the first night, and, you know, whatever he does from here on out is of his own cause, but he's definitely got a chance to be, you know, a player in the junior division coming up, especially if we got guys moving out to the heavyweight. Then... We had the main event of night one, six-man tag, the the reunited of the Golden Lovers, where we have Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, along with Chase Owens, versus Cody, Marty Skrull, and Hangman Page. Marty, Oh, go ahead. Go for it. Go ahead. Okay. Marty counters the standing moonsault, and Cody flies in for a doomsday dropkick. Omega makes the save, and Omega and Cody spill to the floor. Page tags in, and Ibushi hits a Hurricane Rana on Marty and a head kick on Page. Owens tags back in and hits a clothesline on Page for two. Page counters out of the package pile driver, but Owens hits a rebound lariat. Page then hits rights of passage for the win. So Cody, Marty, Skrull, and Hangman Page are victorious and deny that rabid crowd what they wanted to see. Cody was stopping Kenny Omega or Coda from tagging each other, which was like the whole draw to this crowd that they were just waiting for these two <laughs> guys to, you know, tag in and out and, and have some, you know, double team type moves. And at every point, Cody was denying it. So, so good. Great symbolism for their overall relationship and all the inner like dynamic to their group. You have Chase, who's just basically a neutral and is an honorary tongue. And- doesn't want any craziness. He's just he's on the on the side with his tongues and brothers, but he gets roped into it by missing a basketball shot. So, <laughs> but like Chase, to me, Chase is a, one of the guys that's like really improving. Like it's been it's been interesting to watch him get better because I remember our, our friend Moto would just be randomly throwing filth on his name, calling him Sammy Zayn and Chase Dollar Value Sammy Zayn. 
and I laugh, but now I can't laugh no more. I just like this man putting in work. He works hard. And he's, he drops everything if they call him to come in and wrestle. So props to Chase. And if they ever come up with like a like a new name for that trio as a tag team, they probably call them Triforce or something. Triforce lovers. <laughs> but it's just like Chase. Chase is stepping it up. But like it, the pop that was the sound when. Abushi and Omega came out together. Oh, it was just shocking. But it's not that shocking because people love them. So seeing them together again, it was a lot of pop. And, and then you have the like issues with Marty being he's like like a child in a marriage where the parents are arguing and fighting each other, but you love them both, but you don't want to get involved, but they're dragging you in. That's how I felt for Marty. <laughs> but he like it's a lot of stuff in that match, man. A lot of stuff. Right. Uh, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi just walking out together had people literally crying. Yeah. And the only other time I've seen that in New Japan was when Shibata came out unannounced. Oh my gosh. That Shibata stuff wrecked me. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't expect that, but I was just so happy to see him. Right, right. So, yeah, man, I mean, you talk about over, you talk about the quote-unquote road warrior pop. Yeah, they, they got it. (laughs) <laughs> no road or pop that's old school so we go to night two of the honor rising card and we had a never open weight six man tag team title match as we had the Tongans Bad Luck Fale, Tamatanga and Tonga Loa versus Jushin Thunder Liger, Delirious and everybody's favorite Cheeseburger <laughs> Cheeseburger gets a roll up for a two count but the Tonga Twist gets a two as Delirious makes the save Tonga Loa cleans house and Guerrilla Warfare finishes off Cheeseburger and the Tongans retain the never open weight six man titles. After the match, Tonga lays out Cheeseburger with a gun stun, and Kitamura carries Cheeseburger to the back. <laughs> King of Beef. Yeah, one time for the KOB. Uh, like, I just, I got love for Cheeseburger because he's a black man doing this thing in this world, and you got to give love for that. But I'm trying to figure out how he's so over in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting spirit, man. Fighting spirit. They love the and underdog. I, yeah, you're right about it. They definitely do love underdogs. And I totally like how Delirious uses ROH money to get free trips to Japan once a year. I respect your hustle, man. <laughs> we have the Young Bucks and Hangman Page versus Jay White, Chucky e. D, and Yoshihashi. Jay White counters the Buckshot Lariat into the Blade Runner. The German follows, but the Bucks hit super kicks, and Page hits right to passage for the win. After the match... Page snaps and attacks Chaos with chair shots as the Bucks look stunned and then stop him. The Bucks leave and Page hits last rights on Jay White into the chair. It looks like he's been fully corrupted by Cody Rhodes. Yes, he has. He's he's on that dark side. Nice run status. Um, I I, I really enjoy how, like how we talked about earlier the how they book, how they like really been setting up Page to shine and giving him wins, giving him credibility. As someone more than just a tag team wrestler, it's it's another example of good how you handle talent that you want to get over. Right. See, the wins and losses mean something in their company. And and when guys start winning, you start noticing it. And I'm going to give you the perfect example. Juice Robinson last year, mm-hmm. like in 2017, like 2016, he lost just about every time he wrestled. Then in 2017, I see one here. Oh. Raise an eyebrow. Then he started doing one a couple more times. Hmm, raise another eyebrow. Then he beat Kenny Omega prior Woo! to the G1 
And then it was like, holy shit, what have I been missing with Juice Robinson? And now he's like oh. one of the biggest stars going on in New Japan a year later. So, you know, guys who win, get over. That's slow burn booking. Right, right. I remember when Vince used to do that. He has a good old days, man. He's got too many other people doing it for him now. When it was just like three <laughs> or four people out by the pool, it was a much better product. Yeah. So we had an ROH World Championship match on this card where we had the champion, Dalton Castle, versus Trent Beretta. And at the last minute, the Beer City Bruiser interjects himself uh, because Trent Beretta is out here working with a torn biceps and a torn pick. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't capable of wrestling a one-on-one match, so he had to throw a little bit of gimmick in there. But the uh, Beer City Bruiser heads up top, and he hits the frog splash for a good near fall. Trent keeps fighting, putting in a great babyface performance, but Dalton Castle takes out the Beer City Bruiser, and Trent cradles him for a two-count. Dalton Castle hits the bridging German on the Beer City Bruiser, and Dalton Castle retains the ROH World Championship. It was a good match. Like, if you really go back and think of that weekend, outside of... Building lovers, the MVPs of that week, that MVP of that weekend, probably Bruce City Bruiser. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, man. He really had two good matches. Um, he had two good championship matches, actually. Um, you know, like you said, coming in, kind of pitching relief for Trent Beretta. Uh, Trent still, you know, did a game effort out there, you know, jumping over the top rope, doing Trent Beretta things. Uh, even with the torn biceps and torn pec, I guess he said, you know, I can't get hurt anymore. I'm here, so might as well go all out. Just going to be my very last match for a while. So, you know, and Dalton Castle, man, he's what I had, what I call, he has the E. And what I mean by that is entertainment. Like, you know, he might be 90% entertainment, 10% wrestling. And I, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, and I, and I love it. It's It's so good. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I do wonder if, like, Velveteen Dream saw him one night and said, let me just take some of his elements and add it and create my own thing. Right, right, because, man, this thing with the boys is just so good. The jumpsuit, the, the the peacock feathers, and now that he's got the championship, you know, it's really just on another level. Yeah, man, he's, he was working hard. He probably should have had that title, like, earlier than he got it, but he got it, and that's all that matters. Right. And then... As far as Trent, like, I like to see, we look at that match and see him doing that damage and all that stuff, but you also got to think about it. That shows the Japanese public in New Japan that this man has so much fighting spirit that he will regard, throw caution to the wind, even if it damages his body, and that'll give him more sympathy and love in the future going forward in that company and other companies as well. Right, right. The main event of night two of the Honor Rising card was the true reunite reuniting of the golden lovers as Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi took on Cody and Marty Skrull. Omega hits the net breaker on Skrull, but Cody rushes in and hits a crossroads on Omega. Omega and Skrull double team, uh, excuse me, Omega and Kota double team um, um, Skrull and Cody makes Skrull pick up Ibushi and Cody kisses him. Oh my gosh. I I was like, what is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Very cringy. Uh, Cody... <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's just in the terms of what it was done. Right, right. Obushi is pissed and fires up with slaps and kicks. Then he hits the last ride powerbomb. Marty Scrolls tries to roll him up, but he only gets a two count. Marty then eats a V trigger, and then he gets hit with the golden trigger, which is basically the double knees from Kenny and Coda, and they pin Marty Scroll to get the win. 
you talking about this match made me think about an old story I heard about Ibushi and how one of the like promoters at DDT was trying to marry him all to a woman and then he got announced and he looked so mortified at it because <laughs> he did not want to get married. <laughs> oh, Cody, I love you, man. Yeah, so um, you know, basically when Cody kisses Ibushi, he tells him that Kenny can't love you like I can. See, he said that in like, I got the storyline of it, but I'm also a Yeah, Yeah, Yes fan, so I know the song. <laughs> like, I don't think he was quoting, like, Maps, but that is, a, like, a prime lyrics, set of lyrics from Maps. So if you want to, one of y'all want to look that up, go ahead and look it up and you'll laugh at that. But, yeah, I guess he was just being a troll to, like, their, 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 their partnership or something. I don't know. Right. Cody Wild. Yeah, yeah, Cody as well, so... That was the two nights of the Honor Rising shows. So last but not least, we have the 46th anniversary show. And we start this one off hot as we had Sho and Yo versus Takahashi and Bushi versus Kanamaru and Desperado for the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles. Sho and Yo hit stereo knees and double teams for a near fall as Bushi kicks out. More double teams follow and they set up for the 3K. But Takahashi makes the save and takes out the ref. Bushi spits the mist on show, and Kanamaro missed him with the whiskey. Desperado cradles show for the win, and we have a new junior tag team champion. So Suzuki Gun now has more gold in their stable. Ichiban number one. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. There, like, I for me, I liked Kanamaro from Noah. Desperado really started standing out for me last year when he went into Best of Super Juniors and just kept up his momentum for the most part and went until he got this title match, like IWGP Junior title match, and he did a good job against, I believe, it was Kushida. So I've been I've become more of a Desperado fan over the past year, and I was happy to see them get the titles because I thought they were not going to get the titles when they added, like, the extra team into it. Like, I can be honest, I, I like this match, but I just wanted to see like a singles match between any of those teams. But like, hopefully we get that again at some point because I'd just like to see them go against each other without a third team. Yeah. Yeah. That, this was fun, though. I, I really, man, Takahashi and Bushi are so fun together. Yeah, very fun. They got some crazy double team moves that they that they pull out. So, yeah, eventually I think that's, that's probably what's going to happen is kind of Mario and Desperado are just going to kind of make the rounds. Against each one of those teams, uh, in a you know just straight up tag team match, and not the third team involved, and and we'll see kind of what the uh, the booking is. But yeah, Kanemaru and Desperado should make for pretty good tag team champions. They're they're really good wrestlers, and they have just enough heel tactics that if they need to pull it out, they can pull them out to retain the titles. Man, Desperado and Kanemaru did such a job, good job last year in Best Super Junior that. They had me get mad at them beating up Bushi, and Bushi is not a very likable person. <laughs> Somebody else that you guys tend not to like, I don't know why. Taichi faced off versus Naito. Taichi counters Naito, hits a low blow, and the Ghetto clutch for a two count. Taichi looks for the super kick, and Naito counters and hits his rolling capo kick. Taka distracts the ref, and Taichi misses with the mic stand shot. Naito grabs the mic stand and then slams the ref into Taka. Naito then hits a low blow onto Taichi and breaks the mic stand over his head. Then Naito hits a Destino and Naito gets the win. Such a savage. Such a savage. It's like, we knew he was going to get Taichi back for all the cheap crap he's been doing to him. But 
he really took it to another level with that low bullow to the fellas and smashing them over the head with the mic stand. He, he, he took took that to another level of savageness. Love you, Naito. <laughs> After the match, Taka Michinoku gets on the mic and tells Naito that Zack Sabre Jr. will beat him in the New Japan Cup. I like Taka being the new mouthpiece for Zack Sabre Jr. I Taka, I didn't even know Taka could speak Japanese. I mean, he speaks three languages so fluently, Japanese, Mexican, and English. He can flip between all those languages within one promo. <laughs> that is a great hype, man. Yeah, yeah, really good. We got our IWGP Intercontinental title match between Minoru Suzuki and Makabe. Suzuki counters out of the Dragon Suplex, but Makabe hits the Lariat for two. Suzuki hits the Dropkick, cutting off Makabe. Suzuki lo- locks on the Sleeper, Makabe fades, and Suzuki looks for the Got Spile Driver. Makabe fights him off, Makabe then lays in chops, but Suzuki slaps him repeatedly. Suzuki takes out the knee, and he locks in the Sleeper again. This time, the Got Spile Driver connects, and Minoru Suzuki retains the IWGP IC Heavyweight title. Minoru Suzuki is a legend, but and last year he didn't have the greatest year as far as like with that Never Championship. But ever since Dome, it's like he's been on fire in singles matches. He actually got me to really care about a singles match with Okabe, which is saying something because I just look at him as a guy on TV that comes in and just gives a little rub to like New Japan. I mean, I was a big Makabe fan when he won the title, his like the, the world title back in the day, but he's kind of just fading in and out. So it was good to see Makabe be in this type of match and actually carry his, some, carry his weight in it. So this match was really good. Yeah. 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 It was good. Like you just said, you know, Suzuki just continues his brilliant stretch of uh, having really high quality matches. And, you know, just the way that he puts the matches together where, you know, he has a lot of submissions and, you know, a lot of, you know, just things that make you feel sympathy for the guy he's wrestling, you know, because it looks like he's torturing these guys sometimes and he's loving every minute of it. I like I usually you're rooting for a person to like break a hold or whatever. I was I was like cheering for the referee. Please stop this match. This is making me sad and uncomfortable. Please don't. <laughs> just just end this for him. Right. And then our main event of the 46th anniversary show was Okada versus Will Ospreay in a non-title match. The Rainmaker is counted, and Osprey hits the sit-out power bomb for a near fall. Osprey lays in a series of kicks. Then Okada hits a drop kick to counter the Oscutter. The big German suplex follows for two. Okada then hits a Rainmaker, hangs onto the wrist, and hits another Rainmaker. Osprey counters the third Rainmaker, but Okada counters Osprey's springboard attempt into a spinning tombstone, followed by another Rainmaker, and Okada is victorious. Big brother still beats little brother, no matter how old you get. <laughs> yeah, this was a good babyface on babyface match, though. Yeah, it was. It's I've heard some things about people complaining about it because they I guess they had such high expectations, but it's a really good match. It's a really good anniversary match between people from two different divisions where we usually know what's going to happen when heavyweight versus a junior heavyweight in, these, in, in Japan. So, But even with knowing that, it was still an entertaining match, and maybe someday will it get big enough to get in heavyweights and things will get really interesting. Right, right. 
So that's uh, getting you guys up to date on the latest happenings in New Japan. On our next episode, we'll be talking about the New Japan Cup and the U.S. event, Strong Style Evolved, that will be taking place on March 25th. So at this point, I want to open it up to our special guest co-host, Mr. Anwar Starman, for any shout-outs and thank yous that you have this evening. Um, I just want to shout out to you, WrestleCast family, for letting me come through. Shout out to Moto for being always welcoming and helping me on Japan Wrestling Matters. Yeah, just I appreciate y'all. I like having a space where actually people like me, I can talk about something that we all love. All right, man. So we thanks d- for having me. <laughs> we definitely appreciate you uh, being a big supporter, always live tweeting, using the hashtags, always retweeting when we release new episodes. So we definitely appreciate your support. want to give a big shout out to my co-host, the very best co-host for New Japan Pro Wrestling, Omega Moto. Um, hopefully you'll be able to join me on the next one when we have our when we talk about the New Japan Cup and this, uh, you know, uh, strong style evolve show that the guys are going to come back in and new Japan in America. You guys can catch that on access TV. So if you do have access, you will be able to watch that live over the air. If you have new Japan world, it will be broadcast there as well. So please tune in. We will be live tweeting. So please use the hashtag cast of strong style and uh, share your commentary with us and, uh, you know, share your thoughts and hopefully we can get a lot more people into new Japan. This is a big year for them. Uh, they've got a lot of things growing in the works and, uh, you know, hopefully we, you know, guys can listen to us and keep abreast. So again, I'd like to thank Anwar Starwin for joining us this evening. And as you know, just letting everybody know that this has been episode 16. Past the Cast, Cast of Strong Style. Strong style.